and sparkling stars upon a midnight summer sky. The majesty and wonder of the ocean's endless tide. And the more I see, the more I can't explain how the one who set the world in place could even know my name. And I'm amazed, I'm so amazed how great you are, how small I am, how awesome is your mighty hand, and I am captured by the wonder of it all, and I will offer all my praise with all my heart for Amen. Take your Bibles, turn over to the book of John, chapter 14. John, chapter 14. We are in our series, uh, and it kind of goes along with Get Connected, and that's exactly what we're talking about, connected with God, being connected with God, and that's what we've been talking about. And so last week we kicked that off, and over the next couple of weeks we're going to address that. But again, we want to turn to John chapter 14. I want you to notice right off the bat in verses 1 through 3, we'll start there and then we'll jump over to verse 16. But the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The disciples, of course, were extremely discouraged as Jesus had begun to reveal the fact that he was not going to be with them always. That he would make his way to Jerusalem where he would be subjected to a mock trial, where ultimately his life would be ended and things would never be the same for them. Well, of course, they're discouraged, and he begins to tell them very candidly and clearly. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions, and uh, I go to prepare a place for you. And I go there because I'm going to ultimately prepare that place, and I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be. But you can almost hear the disciples saying in their mind at least, well, what about the meantime? And the time that you leave to the time you return, what about us then? They were so desperate to be connected with Jesus. And in John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, And I will pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth them not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He said, okay, I may not literally leave heaven and be here with you in the sense that I will establish my kingdom and rule and reign and and include you in that process and ultimately take you back with me. But the truth is, I'm coming to meet with you now. I'm going to send another comforter. The fact is, is that I'm going to get connected You're going to be connected with me. I'll not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And when we get connected to God, we are connected to the indwelling presence of Christ. That's how it begins. And that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Don't you realize that your body has become the temple? That literally you house the creator God of the universe? So we learned a couple things. One last week we learned that we're not complete till we connect with God. We said that as human beings, after the the fall of Adam, mankind became a two out of three cylinder guy. Instead of him being completely three cylinder, if you will, body, soul, spirit, his spirit died to God and his communication, his connection with God ended. And as a result of that, God had to provide a means back into fellowship. And he did through the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus gave his life on Calvary and shed his precious, perfect blood on our behalf, He died, was buried, and rose again. Now we need simply only call upon Him, receive and accept Him into our life as Savior and Lord, and we are now complete because Christ moves in, takes up residency in our life. Again, there is a void within every man and every woman that only Christ can fill. And until He takes up residency in our life, we are incomplete. Salvation or the new birth as it is described in John 3, is the only answer. And in Colossians 1.27, the Bible says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are made complete when Christ literally takes his place 
takes up residency in our life, makes us complete and whole again. But we also learn we're not content till we're connected with God. Okay, you have to be first complete to be content. We get that, we understand that. The connection has been established through the new birth, but how do we maintain it? How do we stay connected with God? Again, when you and I got saved, we began a relationship with God. In John chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. A relationship began. A father-son, a father-daughter relationship, if you will, began that day. There was a relationship that started. A connection that was made. And as God's children, we are never in danger of being discarded or cast out. You say, oh yeah, John 6, 37, God's word proves it. He says, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I'll never cast you out. However, our fellowship with God can be disrupted from time to time. So what can we do to stay connected with God and consistently and practically experiencing the power and presence of Christ daily in our lives? It's a good question. Today I have a, an extension cord here and got a couple of things. I got something connected to it. This is a drywall like a gun. It's a screw gun, basically. And, and basically it just... It, it helps you to put up drywall, okay? But it's basically just, a, just another a screw gun, but it's electric. You can sell, tell, and I have it connected here to this extension cord. Now, it's interesting about an extension cord. It, well, let me see something here real quick. Well, let's try this. I got nothing. Nothing. Problem, right? That's a problem. What's the problem? Someone says, your extension cord's not connected. Wow. Let me try that. Let's see here. Let's find the proper, oh, there it is. There's the extension cord. Let's plug it in. All right, Brother Kavanaugh, can you go there and try that real quick? Just let's see if that worked. Oh, wait a second. That did work. So you mean whenever I connected the extension cord into the power source, it enabled that gun to work as it's expected to work and designed to work? Yeah. This is what I find interesting, though. When you look at the end of this cord, you're going to notice something interesting about it. There are three... Thank you, Brother Kendall. There are three, I guess... Excuse me. There are three prongs here. When all three of these prongs are engaged, when they're all placed into that plug, they connect this screw gun to the power source. There's three prongs. Now here's what I want to do over the next three weeks. I want to explain to you what three elements are needed in order for you and I to stay connected to the power source. Amen. Today I want to talk about the first prong. 
And the first one is the Word of God. The Word of God. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you. We ask, Lord, for your leadership. Lord, we want to stay connected to the power source, you. We want, Father, to be able to experience and enjoy your power and your presence in our life consistently. We understand we were connected at salvation, but we want to maintain our fellowship in a way that, Lord, the power, your power, your presence can be felt and experienced consistently in our lives. We want to stay connected with you and to you. Father, help us over these next few weeks to have a better understanding of how to do that in a very practical way. We'll thank you. We'll praise you. Now, Father, fill me with your spirit, and may I be your mouthpiece. Be with these thy people, and may their ears be anointed, that they may hear with spiritual ears. May we leave here understanding how essential and necessary this precious book, your word, is in our lives in order for us to experience your power and your presence daily. We love you in Christ's name. Amen. So we want to be connected. We want to remain connected. We want to stay connected. Yes, we've been saved, and as a result, we're connected, and God lives in us, but we want to stay connected to the power, Him, and to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God. It's the first prong. That's the first thing. You need the Word of God. I need the Word of God. Take your Bible, look over at 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, all the way back in the Old Testament. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. We're going to read about a young man by the name of Samuel. That's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3. We know that his mother now has weaned him and has taken him now to Eli, who is the priest, and now he finds himself in the temple. There he's living now with the priest, his sons, and those that are serving the Lord in the temple. He's not living at home with mama. He's not living at home with his daddy. He's living in the temple. Chapter 3. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, verse 1. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. That means that God wasn't doing a whole lot of talking. It came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down to his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That, that light was never to be let out. That lamp should never have gone out. You and I would never let that happen in our lives, would we? We'd never let that happen in our homes. We'd never let the lamp of God, the light of the Word of God, the light of Christ in our life to ever be extinguished. Unfortunately, it's happened, I'm sure, in our own lives at some point. Boy, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Notice he goes on, verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel now. And he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and he said, here am I, for thou calledst me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. 
Now Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. As we look at this particular passage, we are introduced to a very young man, actually a child, the Bible says. This child is rather ignorant to the things of God. This child doesn't know about the Word of God. This child has yet to hear from God the way he needs to hear from God in order to do what God's called him to do. And yet he hears the Word of God. He hears the voice of God. And he says, Eli, did you call me? I'm here. He says, I didn't call you. And this goes on three times till finally Eli, the man of God, wises up to the fact that God is trying to reach out to this young man. And he says, boy, the next time you hear your name, son, you just say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And boy, he did. And God spoke. He was young. He was ignorant. He was uneducated. But God spoke. Take your Bible, turn over to Exodus chapter 3, would you? Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to go backwards a little bit further now. Second book of the Old Testament. Part of what's often referred to as the Pentateuch, meaning five, these first five books of the Bible. Exodus chapter 3 we've already met this fella. Forty years earlier, he was born in Egypt. A little boat, so to speak, was made for him, and he went floating down the Nile. And there Pharaoh's daughter happened to see him, and somehow, someway, he made his way there. We know God always is at work. And she receives... Moses to herself and raises him as her own child. But around the age of 40, Moses, wow, he uh, steps out, tries to take matters into his own hands, and although his intentions were good, his timing was bad, and into the wilderness he goes for another 40 years. He's now 80 years of age. We begin reading in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. By the way, he has a wife and a family. 
he has a job and responsibility. How could God ever call him? We'll just move on. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Do you know the preacher that was just here last Sunday night? I'm not going to leave that alone for a minute. Brother Van Horn. Remember Brother Van Horn last week? Do you know that his dad finished Bible college at the age of 60 and started and took over a small little church at the age of 60? Began pastoring? for the first time in his life after the age of 60. I didn't know God did those things. I just want to put you on notice. He does. Maybe you'll get that chance. Wouldn't that be wonderful? You're like, yeah, great. Just letting you know, it does work that way sometimes if God chooses. But nonetheless, he's a pretty happy fella. But nonetheless, God's blessed him. He doesn't pastor anymore, but he is also 83 or 85. But anyway, moving on. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. He came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. Interesting, isn't it? It wasn't just that it was on fire. I don't know about you, but I'd have been like, bush is on fire. Not Moses. He's like, that bush is on fire and it's not being consumed. Why is it not being consumed? I have seen things thrown into a fire and they were consumed by the fire. This bush is not being consumed. I've got to check it out. It's kind of interesting. You and I, we can get thrown into the fire too. And you know, in the day of judgment, you know what won't be consumed? Those things that were done for Jesus Christ. Boy, what a marvelous picture of God's grace that will be that day. The world would look on in awe. Wow. But anyway. So Moses said, I'll now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burning. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. He said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Forty years, Moses was raised in Egypt. Forty years he had the best of everything, so to speak, at least that the world had to offer. Now he was on the run, and for 40 years he fleed from Pharaoh. And there in the desert he, he finds a family. There in the desert God blesses him, and there God prepares him and readies him until one day there is a bush that's burning that is not being consumed. And Moses, in his curiosity, says, i got to figure this out. i got to see what's going on. And as he gets near the bush, 
He hears the voice of God. Here's an old man. I say old, at least in our standard, right? Anybody 80 say, I'm young? I've never met people. I'm very young. Oh, yeah, maybe these guys that spend their life working out that are health nuts and that are extremely unusual like me. But most of you, <laughs> yeah, I know. But anyway, he was old. He had grown up in Egypt. He was aware of certain truth. Matter of fact, there came a point in his life where he knew that the Israelites were there in Egypt where the Hebrews were his people. He had an insight there. Not great, but he had enough to know. He was educated. And God spoke to him. Huh. Take your Bible, turn over to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. We go all the way now to the New Testament, and we run into a different fella. And we're introduced to this guy. He's holding some clothes as Stephen is being martyred. It's a fellow by the name of Saul. Saul would go on to ultimately spearhead a movement to annihilate and to totally and completely do away with Christianity. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. Desired of him letters of, in, uh, to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there was shining round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. In our passages today, as we've read through the scriptures, we noticed three different men that God spoke to. We see here in Samuel a young, ignorant, and uneducated fellow. And yet God spoke to him. We see Moses, who was old, aware of truth, and an educated man, and we recognize him there as an unusual person, and yet God spoke to him. Then we run into Paul, or Saul earlier, and then the Apostle Paul. He was middle-aged. He was opposed to the truth, but he was very educated. 
So we have a young man, an old man, a middle-aged man. We've got an ignorant man, an aware, a man aware of truth, and a man opposed to truth. We've got a fellow that's uneducated, one that is educated, and one that's very educated. You know what they all have in common? God spoke to each of them. Do you know that God will speak to you? Whether you're old or young or middle-aged, God will speak to you. Whether you are uh, ignorant of the truth, aware of the truth, or opposed to truth, God will speak to you. Whether you have, have an, any education at all or possibly some education or a lot of education, God will speak to you. <laughs> you get it? God will speak to you. Matter of fact, God wants to speak to you. We came to Jesus Christ and we received the Lord into our life and we got connected with the God, the creator of the universe. The question is, how do we maintain that connection? How do we stay connected? How do we continue to enjoy the wonderful blessings and the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in our life? My friend, it's the only way that happens is to let God speak to you. And he does that through his word. He does it through his word. Turn, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1, please. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. That's way back there in the Old Testament again. Remember, the Pentateuch is a phrase we use to describe the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Pentateuch. Joshua is the sixth, just outside the Pentateuch. Notice what it says here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whither soever thou goest. Joshua, we know, would be the heir apparent to Moses. He would be the one that followed in Moses' steps. He would be the one who would lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And now Moses, this great leader, is making his way off the scene and Joshua is taking his place. And he's told... This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. 
Why? Why do I have to keep it on my lips? Why do I have to meditate on it day and night? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. So I have to keep it on my lips. I have to keep it in my heart. I have to walk in my life according to the word of God. Why? Because I'll be prosperous? Is that what you're promising? Yes. I'll have good success? Yes. Is that not what he tells us? Who in the room does not want to be prosperous? Who in the room does not want to enjoy good success? No one, if you have any, if if you are even conscious today, you understand that prosperity and success would be a wonderful thing to enjoy, especially good success, which is godly success. But I'm going to be extremely busy taking care of all these people. Keep my word on your lips. Keep my word in your heart. Keep my word active in your life. So if I do that, you're telling me I'll have prosperity and good success. Yes. Why are we so miserable today? Why is it that we worry so much about what's going on in the world when we have a God who's bigger than life itself? Could it be that we're not truly keeping this on our lips, in our heart, and in our daily life? Good success. Good success. Good success. Good success. I remember going to the Hall of Fame with my parents years ago. The Football Hall of Fame. It's a good day to talk about that, seeing that the Browns will be playing this afternoon. So we went to the Hall of Fame with my parents years ago. Me and my brothers, and man, it was an exciting time. I I grew up loving football. My dad loved football, and I loved football. And I mean to tell you, I I ate, slept, and I, I drank football, man. I mean, I took a football to bed with me every night. Just last year, Sherry broke me. In one part of the museum, there, there were phones sitting out. 
And these phones lined uh, this table, and, and, and you would go along and, 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 and you'd reach out to one of those phones, you'd pick it up, you'd put it to your ear, and a recording would start. And it would tell you something interesting, an interesting fact about a player, maybe a play, or something that took place in the NFL. Man, I mean to tell you, I'd pick them up, and I'd start hearing them play back. I'd pick it up, I'd start hearing this message. I'd pick it up, and I'd learn something else. And I'd learn something else, and I would get something else. And I was excited, and I was encouraged by it. I love I love the NFL. I love football. And I just enjoyed picking up those phones because every time I picked it up, somebody spoke to me. And that's how the Bible works, by the way. You just need to pick it up and open it. And guess what? He will speak. There it is. It's on the coffee table. Oh. Oh. He will speak. Oh, there it is in the back seat of the car from last Sunday. Oh, whoa, you can't be there, little buddy. Come to Papa. Pick it up. Open it. He's speaking. I'm learning something new again. I'm being encouraged. I'm being blessed. This is wonderful. Every morning, we just need to pick it up. And open it. And he will speak. Anytime. Anywhere. We just need to pick it up. Open it. And he will speak. Isn't it time to start picking it up and opening it? I know. You hear it all the time. I know. I hear things all the time, too. And you know what? The only things that I do are what I want to do. I'm not asking you to hear it again. I'm asking you to pick it up, open it, and when you do, you'll hear from him. Do you know what? Don't worry about what I say. What I say doesn't even matter. What I want doesn't even matter. I'll tell you what. What he wants, now that you're connected through salvation, is to stay connected And that first prong, in order to be connected to the power source, in order to experience the blessings of God, the power and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, he says, oh, I want that for you so bad, and I want that for me. He's asking you, pick it up and open it. I want to speak to you. Will you do that?
Will you do that this week? Will you put on your schedule a time and a place where you will pick it up and open it so that he can speak to you and you can stay connected, enjoying prosperity and good success? You say, why are you talking to us like children? Because we need the faith of a child to do this. Oh, you want me to stand up here and scream at you? Pick it up! Open it! Oh, that's Christ-like. Today, Jesus isn't screaming at you. He's begging you. He's pleading with you. Isn't it sad that he wants to be connected with you? Possibly more than you want connected with him. Isn't it sad sometimes in my life that he wants connected with me more than I want connected with him? He's just pleading with us. Pick it up. Open it. So that I can speak to you and we can stay connected. Put it on a calendar. When and where. And then, discipline yourself to pick it up and open it. Stop making excuses. Stop allowing the devil, yourself, or someone else dictate and determine your schedule. Let God tell you when and where, and then just simply pick it up and open it. And you will experience a connection with the creator God of the universe that is out of this world. Father, we come to you. We ask you, Lord, to just speak to our hearts today to continue to drive home a simple truth. Lord, there might be somebody in our our midst today who has yet to be connected in the sense of salvation. They've never received and accepted Christ into their life. If they died today, they're not confident that heaven would be their home. Matter of fact, they're concerned about that. They have doubts whether heaven would be their home. And Lord, we don't want that. You don't want that. You said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Father, we can know this. We can have confidence. Lord, today, if there's even one in the room that has yet to settle that, I pray that they would just (laughs) get up out of their seat and make their way to an aisle and see Brother Kavanaugh right up at the front here and say, I want to know where I'm going to spend eternity and get it settled. Lord, for the believer today, those of us who have already received you have been connected through salvation and our relationship is secure in Christ, but our fellowship is still shaky from time to time. It's all dependent on how we respond to you. Lord, you want us to pick up your word and you want us to open it. I pray, Lord, that many believers today would right now make a decision to open it, to pick it up and open it, and to hear from you. That they would get connected through the word of God this week. That they would put on a schedule, this is when and this is where I'm going to open it up I'm going to pick it up and open it. 
so that I can hear from God. Just like Samuel did. Just like Moses did. Just like Paul did. Because I want to hear you speak, Lord. Father, bless us now in this time of invitation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet.